Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish is upset. Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Everyone right here. Championship for Notre Dame! Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame, 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com. The free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. Well, we are inching closer to Saturday when number nine Notre Dame welcomes number six Ohio State to Notre Dame Stadium for what we hope is a classic showdown. You can hear the ball game right here on WSBT Radio. Pre-game coverage starts at 1. Eric Hansen, Tyler Hork, and I will have game day sports be presented by Bud Light live from the stadium from 4 until 6.30. And don't forget, on the show before us, the Legacy Heag and Air Game Day show with Jim Arizari and Tim Grau. Their first guest to start the show at 2 o'clock will be the great Joe Theismann. We welcome you to Sports Beat for tonight. We're on the air from 5 to 7 on 960 AM WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on the WSBT radio app. A live video feed right now on the Twitch app. I'm Darren Pritchett, joined once again by the publisher and editor at InsideIndieSports.com. Covers Notre Dame Athletics as part of the Rivals Network. It is... Eric Hansen, and we are here to talk plenty of Buckeyes and Irish, and this is the most significant advantage game that will take place on Sportsbeat in quite some time. What's that? <laughs> ever. Ever, ever, ever. Okay, no, I'll I'm go with kidding. it. Hey, let's build it up as much as we can, but we're going to try to go through the X's and O's of the game in our advantage game. I've got a bunch of really good questions that Eric was asked in his InsideIndieSports.com chat yesterday. We'll go through that. We've got a Twitter question of the day. We've got you covered from a Las Vegas standpoint. Tim Murray, one of the hosts on VEASAN and VEASAN.com. That's a sports wagering network. He is a diehard Notre Dame fan. He's a Subway alum. 
and he is flying in from Las Vegas bright and early tomorrow, actually getting into Chicago and then coming over to Notre Dame early Saturday morning. He is right now riding a nine-game winning streak watching Notre Dame in person. So if that doesn't put you over the top, I don't know what will, Eric. That's all you need to know. Tim Murray is in the house. He was in the house for the Bush Push way back when. And well, so, so that would have been the other end of the streak. Yes. They lost that one. I think there was one other game possibly, but he has been on a roll lately. Okay. So hopefully he comes through. Actually, the last time he said they, I believe he saw the Irish lose was the national championship game down in Miami against Roll Darn Tide. We were there. Yes, we were. We spent a lot of time together that week. We did the six-and-a-half-hour pregame show on game day, (laughs) which was kind of cool, actually. That was a lot of fun. And I sat right next to my second-favorite quarterback of all time, Evan Sharpley, and Bama went down and scored on that first drive. He said, okay, well, that was fun. (laughs) And he was kind of right. He knew the writing was on the wall at that point. All right, let's get right to it. Let's get to our advantage game. Notre Dame is 4-0, ranked number nine in the country. The Buckeyes are 3-0, having won at Indiana and also won at home against Youngstown State and Western Kentucky. The sixth-ranked Buckeyes are 3-0. And now, here we go, the advantage game, Notre Dame and Ohio State. Fasten your seatbelts. Let's learn together. Let's talk this through. And we will start with the Ohio State Buckeyes in possession of the football. And we'll start with the Ohio State running game, Eric. That put up just a hair over 200 rushing yards against Western Kentucky, who is one of the worst run defenses in the country. So they did not run them over like a bulldozer. Like, maybe they could have. The Notre Dame run defense, I'll set it up by saying, leaked a little oil against Central Michigan tackling. They were not at their best. So now you bring these two together, the Ohio State run game against the Notre Dame run defense, and what do you see in your crystal ball? Whew. You know, it's it's hard to extract what you saw in the 2022 game even though these are different teams and it's a different year and it's a different venue. Um, Ohio State is 68th in rush offense, which just baffles me. Because there's more talent there than to be 68? Yeah, and and there's less – There's, I mean, with the competition they played, come on, they ought to be – uh, better than that against Indiana, Youngstown State, and Western Kentucky, even if they didn't have talent. You would think Indiana could get those kind of numbers against Indiana, Youngstown State, and Western Kentucky. It's baffling. 68th in the country. Notre Dame is 41st in run defense. Hmm. Um, and then Mayan Williams is the third string running back this year after just battering Notre Dame in the third and fourth quarter last year with a different offensive line. I went with a push on this one. It's the only one where I gave it a tie. So I I, I tried to think about how Al Golden would defend. That's usually how I try to do these numbers besides just looking at the stats. Anybody can do that. 
and and I thought, you know, he. What do you do? Do you do you dedicate a, an eighth player? Do you take a safety and take it away from that those incredible wide receivers? Because Indiana held them, held those two really good wide receivers down, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Egbuka. And they kind of lived with letting Fleming, the other wide receiver, and Stover, the tight end, having a day. But um, I think Notre Dame's going to mix it up. I don't think they're going to lean into the run enough to outright win that. So I that's why I went with the push there. For so many years, Ohio State, if they needed to, could throw their way to victory with the great quarterbacks – and wide receivers that they've had. Recently, the robotic Justin Fields, and also you take a look at C.J. Stroud. Just the last two guys, you felt like they could dominate just by throwing it. Is this a game you feel like Ohio State has to establish a run to get the most out of their offense? Absolutely. I I just think the inexperience of McCord, even though he's a high pedigree quarterback I mean you think about the other matchup the Ohio State Notre Dame matchups when they have been top 10 teams you know you got Troy Smith you're facing a Heisman Trophy winner JT Barrett who was in the high and then CJ Stroud I mean not all those guys won Heisman trophies but they were in New York does uh, Joe Burrow count? <laughs> yeah. He wanted LSU, but he couldn't sniff the field for crying out loud. <laughs> so, you know, we may be talking in these glowing terms about Kyle McCord and maybe even after this game, but I don't think so. I don't think this early in his career. And so that's where everything kind of, you know, when you do these advantage games, you have to factor into what else is going on in the offense what else is going on with the defense and uh so it this game is fascinating where the weaknesses are where the strengths are and how these coordinators i'm i'm trying to think and i and after talking to the guy that's going to do the uh analyst role for nbc on saturday night todd blackledge the former penn state quarterback and nfl quarterback you know i have a better feel for how he thinks Al Golden will attack it and so that helped me with the advantage game a little bit the one thing that he was very complimentary of Notre Dame's defense was that Notre Dame was able to bring um, pressure from its linebackers without giving a lot up like they didn't go to uh, really isolating their secondary and so forth. So as long as we don't see the double safety blitz from the parking lot, <laughs> I think they're going to be okay. But he said they are able to get pressure without really selling out and and exposing themselves. And he said they were really good at disguising it. If they've been good at disguising it up to this point, good point. then I think against an inexperienced quarterback, that should show up. Okay, so our advantage game starts with Ohio State when they run the football Eric calls it a push. Let's also add in the Irish are going to have a little more depth along the defensive line if they want to use Gabe Rubio. He is back, suffered the knee injury against Navy, had a procedure, practice on Tuesday, and Marcus Freeman said today, if needed, he's good to go. Right. So so there were four players 
that were out last week that are coming back this week, he and Mitchell Evans were the two that were the iffiest because Mitchell Evans was a little bit further behind in concussion protocol than J.D. Bertrand was. J.D. Bertrand, the starting middle linebacker, is back. D.J. Brown, starting safety, is back. All those are huge additions to this game for Notre Dame, all four of them. Next up in our advantage game, we move to Kyle McCord leading this Ohio State offense with his passing attack to outstanding wide receivers to throw to. And right now the tight end is being used quite a bit in that Ohio State offense. And they go up against a front four who needs a little help with the pass rush, and they'll probably get some help on Saturday with a secondary, Eric, that I feel like is very confident going into this matchup. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, Notre Dame's linebackers cover tight ends well. Uh, Their safeties cover tight ends well. Thomas Harper has been really so much better than I thought he had a chance to be at Notre Dame to this point. And he's going to be a big player in this. He's going to have to cover Stover sometimes. He's going to have to cover Egbuka at times. Um, So the the thing is, again, it's this conflict of you've got this inexperienced quarterback. You've got these brilliant wide receivers, a really good tight end. Todd Blackledge told me today he thought Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, Todd Blackledge, is Blackledge is my age. He said he's the best wide receiver in college he's ever seen. He said he's that good. Wow. Yeah, wow. Wow is right. So that's that's what Notre Dame is dealing with. Now, again, you look at his numbers overall for the season and they don't even look as good as last year. He's been pretty productive the last two games. Indiana had a great game plan. They just said, we're going to live with whatever Fleming and Kate Stover do, and we're going to give help to the other two. And and it worked. I mean, they held them to 23 points. So, uh, you know, there may be something in there for Al Golden to steal a little bit. Okay. But I do think Notre Dame has the advantage here. I think their pass rush and their pressure will be enough especially against an inexperienced quarterback who's not a true true dual threat. And and again, it's it's hard to say that with as good as those wide receivers are, but when you put the combination together, the inexperience and what Notre Dame's defense I think will be able to do. And just I mean, again, I get a lot of a feel from what Al Golden's move is mood is on Tuesday nights because I usually spend my whole Tuesday night interviewing him uh, and Tyler handles everybody else, Tyler James. Um, and he seemed pretty confident. He seemed pretty excited about this. He was giddy. Yeah. He was ready for this matchup. Yep. It's like he knows something that we well, don't know. He goes, <laughs> he, he said, you know, I was in the NFL for six years. These are the games. These are the reasons why I came back to college and came to Notre Dame to be in a game like this. We as individuals that cover Notre Dame football and for our listeners and your readers who love Notre Dame football, we rightfully so kind of pound home the conversation that there are question marks about the Notre Dame offensive line, the interior offense into this game. You listen to the Ohio State side, 
I don't get the sense there's that much fear about the Ohio State offensive line until I heard your guest on the InsideIndieSports.com podcast this week who... Doug Maurice, Who gave me the feel that there might be too much confidence in Buckeye Nation about the tackles who are brand new this year, including a player from San Diego State at right tackle, who he says the only reason he might be starting is he had no competition. It was his job. I think, Eric, there might be a lot more optimism from what I had a couple of weeks ago that Notre Dame's blitz packages may have a bigger outcome in this game than I anticipated because the Ohio State tackles just are a step down, in my opinion, from what we saw last year when they had a first and a fourth round pick playing as the anchors of that offensive line for C.J. Stroud. Right, and a first round pick and a fourth round pick that probably should have been a higher pick. Yeah, And and so, yeah, I mean, whew. Um, Isn't there questions there that yeah, there don't are, get talked about? There are like questions. The Irish now, offensive line. Now, if Isaiah Foskey were on this team, oh. it would be magnified. This is a real opportunity for Javante Jean Baptiste, and I, I feel like a pirate saying that name for some reason. And and Jordan Batello and the other Vipers. I think Josh Burnham may be like the X factor in this game and just the limited snaps he plays. He's coming on. But uh, those guys, if if they were more experienced, if they were more accomplished, this would be a bigger deal being made out of it. But, I mean, I agree. again, maybe this is the game that they rise to the occasion. Maybe the – because these are the types of games you make your name in. You know, the USC game that's coming up, the Clemson game later, this Ohio State game. Notre Dame has three of them. They may have four of them depending on, um, you know, how the Duke game goes because they're undefeated and ranked. Okay, so, so far in the advantage game, Ohio State, when they run it, it's a push. When Ohio State throws it, Eric says advantage Notre Dame defense. And I will say this, and in, in that, I don't think it's a huge okay. put it in. Um, so I should whisper it, <laughs> not scream it. In a Sharpie. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay, now let's turn our attention to when Notre Dame has the football in this matchup against the Ohio State Buckeyes defense. We'll begin with Notre Dame running the football. Statistically, Audric Estime leads the country in rushing yards. Now he's played a game more than right. most of the competition, but still. But he's two in yards per game. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. so that does make a difference. And he got a majority of the snaps against Central Michigan. There were 37 rushes with some walk-ons getting carries late, but he had 20 yeah. of the 37, which is a change from what we have seen the last year and and three games when the carries got split differently. So you've got Estimate carrying the load, which we would assume he will again against Ohio State, taking on a very physical, talented, and five-star laden Ohio State defensive line and two really good linebackers, Eric. In particular, Eichenberg is fantastic, maybe the heart and soul of that defense, even though there might be bigger NFL prospects. So give me your thoughts. Notre Dame trying to run the football. How well is that going to go? 
So Ohio State is 19th in rush defense. Uh, Notre Dame 26th in rush offense, so that seems pretty close. The um, 2022 game is this is where I can't get it out of my head. And Notre Dame's run blocking grade from Pro Football Focus in that game, Pro Football Focus has been doing run blocking grades and the rest of the grades since 2014. Okay. So this is the 10th season. Oh, boy, you're building something up. Their run blocking grade in that game was how far from the bottom of all the games they played since 2014. Probably in the bottom 10. It was second from the bottom. Second worst run block grade. Joe Alt got a 51-1 in the game. Wow. Yeah. The leading run blocker for Notre Dame was Braden Lindsey. So... (laughs) And their pass blocking grade was the worst of the 2022 regular season. Passing block, pass blocking grades kind of fluctuate more than run blocking grades do. Jared Patterson wasn't fully healthy at that time too, but that doesn't. Well, he he wasn't, but he wasn't. He didn't even play in the Ohio didn't he State play in the game. Ohio State game. No, he didn't. He missed it. Was it. it was game? Andrew Kristoff. Thank you. I appreciate. And then that. he was kind of slow at becoming Jared Patterson again, and really yes. kind of dealt with that foot injury the whole season. But, yeah, he was there, and pregame they said, nope, he's That's not right. going. Thank you for correcting me. So, um, so yeah, and and I think Alt, that hurt Alt having to have a new person there. But, I mean, he he didn't fare out very well. So that's what's hard to get out of my mind. I'm hoping I, there's a but somewhere. <laughs> well, I think the but is Ohio State could really lean into the run because – Notre Dame had a running quarterback, they, and they really weren't scared by Notre Dame's receivers. They thought, okay, we can handle, and and th- you know, um, Lorenzo Styles punched him with a good like fifty-four yard or really early Buckner to Lorenzo Styles early in the game, but they really didn't have much more than I think uh, Matt Salerno had a big catch, but I mean it was so sporadic. It was like. A double and you strand the runner at second, you know. And and so um, Hartman changes that whole dynamic of the run game because you cannot – I mean, if you lean into the run, you're going to pay a price. How high of a price are you willing to pay? I think Ohio State starts out that way and kind of feels its way and hopes that it doesn't give up some home runs. It's all baseball analogies today, Darren. I like it. Okay. And and then they may have to settle into where they have to play a little bit more honest. But I think to start with, they're going to lean into the run. And I think it's going to be enough where Ohio State wins that battle, but not decisively. It's going to be very close. I mean, that's in with pencil that – you bought at the dollar store, you know, where you got a hundred pencils for a dollar and you barely can see it. That's the Ohio state advantage there, but I do think they have the edge there. Okay. Next up, let's focus on the 24 year old Sam Hartman and a group of wide receivers that I believe will face for the first time this year, some serious Press coverage right at the line of scrimmage. They are probably going to want to be physical with the Irish wide receivers. And can they get off that pressure? 
Can they get separation to help out their quarterback? How can Sam Hartman help the wide receivers when they go up against this really good Ohio State secondary? So, Eric, when Sam Hartman goes back to throw the football, pass rush, really good secondary, what comes to mind? What comes to mind is the mayonnaise approach of spreading the ball around as he's (laughs) done to this point. Really, I mean, Sam Hartman is so underrated by maybe Notre Dame fans that just aren't used to seeing it of a player. I mean, you haven't had a player probably um, be this good in playing chess at the line of scrimmage since Tommy Reese, the quarterback. But Tommy Reese, the quarterback, didn't have the arm talent and some of the physical talents that Sam Hartman does. So you put Tommy Reese's, you know, line of scrimmage play. I mean, he only got sacked eight times in 2013. Tommy Reese, who, you know, didn't have very good foot speed, uh, got sacked eight times in 2013. That's insane. Um, But Sam Hartman has the arm talent. He has the ability to make throws that Tommy Reese couldn't be on the deep ball. And he has that skill at the line of scrimmage of being able to get Notre Dame in a good Bingo. play and recognize Bingo. where pressures were coming from, where open spots in the field. Think about the NC State game and dealing with that 3-3-5 defense that's pretty, I don't want to say pretty unique, but it's rare. Iowa State does it. NC State does it. Those are the two teams that do it well that I can think of coming to mind. And having to deal with all the variations, and he did. It took he and Jared Parker a while to to kind of work through that. But once they did, they were able to use the over-pursuit against them, throw to the tight ends. That's what Sam Hartman eventually will be able to do in this game. And that's why I'm giving Notre Dame the check mark here. Okay. Probably we'll see a good amount of 12 personnel at times. Help with the run game, help with protection. You want to hear my wild, wild, wild card pick for this game? Devin Ford's going to catch a touchdown pass. Okay. Pass protection, maybe a screen, gets into the secondary and maybe takes it to the house. I think even though Estime is going to get a majority of the carries, I think you'll see guys in different roles, as we have seen, helping out this Fighting Irish offense. So Payne and Ford, even though they're not going to get probably at most two, three carries, that's at most. I think they play a role in pass protection or maybe catching that pass, leaking out of the backfield, making a big play. Okay. The, the one thing I'll say, too, with the pressure, I mean, Ohio State isn't doesn't have a lot of sacks this year either. Last year, they had three in the game, and they were constantly pounding on Tyler Buckner. When they didn't sack him, they were hitting him pretty hard. I mean, we've got – you go through the uh, photo archives – and you see all these pictures of Tyler Buckner getting hit, and you're like, my goodness, how did he play in the Marshall game? You would have thought that would have been the game that he got hurt. Uh, but where did the sacks come from? They came up from up the middle. The, it didn't come from their edge players. It came – one was um, Michael Hall Jr., the defensive tackle who's back. The other two came from Tommy Eichenberg blitzing. And they really, both in the run game and the – passing game bullied the interior of Notre Dame's offensive line. So that's going to be a big matchup Saturday night. But again, they haven't had a lot of success with sacks to this point. 
Okay, next up in our advantage game, let's go to special teams. There's a lot of evenness here. Neither team is as you know is great right now. I think you keep waiting for Notre Dame. I think the perception is that they're much better than average. I think to this point, when you look at their numbers, they've kind of been average, but I think they're going to get better as the year goes on. At least they have their best players playing special teams. Ohio State's kind of the same. I mean, they they kind of trade off on what one does better than the other. Even with field goal kickers, I think you know Ohio State's is three for three, made all his field goals in the Indiana game. Um, I think Spencer Schrader can kick from a lot farther if you need a 56-yarder to win the game or to tie the game. I think Marcus is pretty confident on marching him out there and trying that. I don't think the Ohio State kicker has that kind of range. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame's got the better punter. They're better at covering punts. So I'm going to give Notre Dame a very slight edge here. Okay, so another slight check mark for the Fighting Irish. But those build up over time. Right. Hopefully to really good things. Finally, I don't know, is this a thing in this game, intangibles? Well, I mean, I think... Uh, you know, Ohio State looks at the series and they've won the last five. You know, they've won five games in a row in the series. They have last year's game in their back pocket and know that they have the confidence. I mean, a lot of the kids on both teams visited as recruits to the other's campus, so they're pretty familiar with each other. Um, and I think if there is more red than I'm predicting in the stadium, I think Notre Dame is going to be able to handle that, and they'll have some cool things with their wristbands and the people wearing green, and I think the people that do show up in green are going to be loud and probably primed in the parking lots. <laughs> and uh, I think Notre Dame has a slight edge here. And, and I think the thing that's great, too, is it, this kind of came up in the Zoom today. This isn't like about Marcus going against his alma mater. This is Marcus preparing for a big game. It's not just another game, but it is another huge, big game. And I think taking that alma mater and all the memories, I I know what it was like. I went to the game last year. I'm an alumnus of Ohio State, and I hadn't been on the campus in close to 30 years. And I'm like, wow, how, how much things had changed. And just being in that stadium again was weird and you know and and Marcus had been in the locker room and had played in there I just you know fallen off my seat in the stadium so um it was it was it's it's just so different this year and Marcus is different and I think that's where the intangible last year was definitely not in his favor he was a rookie coach going back to his alma mater there all kinds of noise and distractions, and he didn't have the better team. I think Ohio State still has more talent, but Notre Dame has, I think, the it factor more than Ohio State does. Just feels like Marcus had one hand on the wheel last year, and now he's got both hands on the wheel and very sturdy. Right. He used to be the Ohio State linebacker, and now he's the architect of hopefully building something really special once again here at Notre Dame. The Ohio State linebacker whose second recruiting choice was Notre Dame. 
What might have been. What might have been. But it's worked out okay for him now in charge of the fighting hours. So, as so you we, see all those check marks and you say, what possibly could your final score be? Well, I was going to ask you, are you ready to go down that road? I'm ready to go down that road. Whoa, let's shut the music off. All right. So Tyler and I do our place your bets. We tape it on Thursday. We'll show it on Friday, but I'll give you my score prediction early. I went with Notre Dame 30, Ohio State 27, in overtime. So we're going to get done like at 3 in the morning then, right? We're just going to go all <laughs> hey, night. Hey, if I'm done at 3 in the morning, I will do cartwheels down my street. Okay, so Eric goes 30-27 Notre Dame in overtime. Yep. And I've tweaked my score prediction a couple of times. I'm locking it in as well. Not going to change it. Notre Dame 27, Ohio State 23. Okay. All right. We're all in the same range. Let's hope we're right. Let's hope we're right. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> we are still dealing with 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24 year olds. <laughs> you have to go all the way up to 24 now. <laughs> I think my best prediction last year was I picked Notre Dame over Clemson in the game at Notre Dame Stadium. Now, in retrospect, ah, that was an easy pick, but going in, it wasn't. I picked Clemson, okay. sadly, if I remember correctly. That was not one of my better picks, to say the least. Okay, we got to take a time. We'll get to some chat questions coming up. He's Eric Hansen. I'm Darren Pritchett. This is Sportsbeat on WSBT. Notre Dame football coverage continues now. Gives to Estime. He leaps at the one and goes over the strike. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Hartman keeps it, runs it up the middle, bulldozes it to the end zone, and he's in. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Low snap, hands off inside to Estime. 10-5. He'll get there. Touchdown, Notre Dame. He's Eric Hansen, the publisher and editor at InsideIndieSports.com. I'm Darren Pritchett. Sportsbeat continues here on WSBT Radio at 544. Let's get to some of the questions that Eric was asked in his InsideIndieSports.com chat on Wednesday. We'll start in Kansas City with Tim. Coach Freeman stated in his press conference that defensive pass efficiency numbers are the overall grade rather than sacks. With the receiver talent and relative inexperience at quarterback, what strategy do you see translating into desired results against Ohio State? So what he's referencing is Notre Dame is number one in the country in pass efficiency defense, and that takes into things count like incompletions and interceptions and, um, you know, few – yards per attempt and yards per completion and things like that. So that's what you want to do. But I think with an inexperienced quarterback, sacks do matter this week. They've been playing dual-threat quarterbacks for the first four weeks. They get a less-than-dual-threat quarterback this week. And not that he's a statue that he can't um, extend plays in Kyle McCord, but his inexperience, I think, is going to play into what Al Golden wants to do and I think you will see more pressure from Notre Dame and with Ohio State's wide receivers they need to get them behind the chains they need some second and 17s and some third and 16s to kind of mitigate what those wide receivers do so 
Yeah, I do think it matters this week, but uh, pass efficiency defense matters a lot. And and what I told Tim in my answer was, you know, um, Ohio State and uh, Washington are tied for 91st. That's two top 10 teams right there. Clemson and Georgia are tied for 106. That's the number one team in the country and a team that you think of having a really good front seven in Clemson, even though they're not ranked in one of the polls right now. Who are the top five teams in sacks? Wake Forest, Louisiana, Marshall, Nebraska, and Texas State. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but are any of those teams going to the playoff? No, sir. So you don't want to overvalue sacks, but in this particular game, I do think it's important. Jim from Valley Center, California. How pivotal is this game in terms of how Freeman will be perceived, where the program currently sits, and just how impactful the fallout from a potential loss might be? Well, I think that um, the one thing about this for both teams is they both want to get to the playoff, and if they make this the end-all, be-all game, they aren't either one of them going to get there because uh, Ohio State still has Penn State and Michigan to play, among others. Notre Dame still has Duke, USC, and Clemson to play. This really has to be looked upon as a, from the team standpoint, as one in a series, the first step in a, in a series of big challenges. And this is one you need to put in your pocket. I mean, this will help Notre Dame. From a perception standpoint, I think, you know, it's, it's big, but it's not going to change how people view Marcus Freeman at this point. If he goes 0 for 3 against the big three, then maybe so, but uh, the difference so far with Marcus and the four top 10 teams he's played is the biggest loss has been 11 points. In the 12, Brian Kelly is 4 and 12 versus the top 10. In the 12 he had, eight out of the 12 were by more than 11 mm-hmm. points. They weren't competitive in hardly any of them that they didn't actually end up winning. And then the one Marcus did win of the four, he had three losses. The one of he did win. He won by three touchdowns over a top five team as an unranked team. So um, I think that people at least feel like Notre Dame is competitive in these, but yeah, it certainly would help their standing. And and when you're talking about trying to flip recruits that are maybe not as on the fence as they were painted at one point, but Justin Scott's committed Ohio state could Notre Dame, Doing well in Ohio State, maybe losing a couple games, change his perspective? Maybe, but that, that's a hard flip. Same with uh-huh. Caleb Beasley of Tennessee. Uh-huh. But when you're splitting hairs and you're those kind of recruits, I mean, they're watching these games and so forth. And, you know, Notre Dame, it's recruit a Palooza 2023 this yeah. weekend. So, Tom from Georgia, if Notre Dame is not able to run the ball as well as they would like, do you think – that Sam and the young wide receivers can be good enough to get us the win? I think, um, you know, what I said, you can't answer that question without throwing in all the other factors. Obviously, I made my pick um, earlier of Notre Dame 30-27 to in overtime, so I do think Notre Dame is going to win the game. But where I think Sam Hartman plays into it is, this is so different than what we're used to seeing from Notre Dame. If teams could make Notre Dame one-dimensional, 
kind of the the answer that Notre Dame sometimes had was the the quarterback having a great running day. For example, the Clemson 2015 game, Notre Dame worked their way back into that by Deshaun Kaiser going wild. Same with Temple, uh, the Temple 2015 game, Deshaun Kaiser, and you think about some of the other games with Ian Book where Ian Book's legs brought Notre Dame back. This is different because Notre Dame can open up their run game with their passing game. They can open up their passing game with their running game. I haven't seen a Notre Dame team constructed quite like this for a long time. I don't want to say how long, but it's been a long time. And so I think yes. I guess the answer to the question is yes because of the dynamic Sam Hartman brings. Let me rearrange Matt from Gulfport's question. He was asking about punt returns and the ball always hitting the ground and if the other team gets a good bounce, Notre Dame gets pushed back rather than coming up and catching the football. Just any thoughts on the way Notre Dame is attacking punt returns this year? I mean, I think I thought saw it in the Central Michigan game, and I know what he's talking about. He wasn't the only one that asked that question. Mm-hmm. I only took his question since we don't really want repeats, but um, it, it. I thought Chris Tyree could have run up. I mean, I think – if it's a wet, you know, in the NC State game, I could have said, yeah, you know what? The ball slick, just let that go. Windy. Yeah, windy. But, I mean, it's supposed to be really good weather on Saturday night with not crazy wind. So, I think, yeah, I think if you've got a – if he can't do that, then you've got a whole bunch of other guys that want to do that job. Let them do the fair catch. Or bring back John Goodman. He'll call a fair catch. (laughs) All right, final question just for fun. Andrew from Sioux Falls. Would you rather try to tackle Audric Estime in a drill or get tackled by Maris Leofow? And I said, I asked him, okay, would you rather have burnt steak to eat or ketchup licorice swirl ice cream? So you come up with that? Is that a real thing? (laughs) Or did you give him a word salad? I gave him a word (laughs) salad. But I would pick, um, I'll take my chances with Marist over Audric Estime. That, trying to tackle him, I mean, even like when I'm, you know, in my 20s rather than um, in my 60s, um, I think that is the losing proposition. Now, if he had said, Jordan Batello tackling you, then I would have I would have just opted out of the question and yeah. not answered it. You would have made a business decision. Yeah, that was that's scary. <laughs> All right. You can read the entire transcript at insideindiesports.com and you can be a part of the chat next week, Wednesday at noon, Eastern time at insideindiesports.com. He's Eric. I'm Darren. 553 Twitter question of the day next on WSBT. As long as this is the Budweiser's weekday sports beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Our Twitter X question of the day from yesterday was: Of these choices, what concerns? you the most about the Ohio State football team that comes to South Bend to take on the Fighting Irish on Saturday. Your four choices, passing game, defensive line, secondary, running game. Refresh my memory, Eric, you voted for? 
because of the passing game because of the receivers. All right, passing game because of the receivers. This is a really interesting vote. All right, fourth place, 14% of the vote said the Ohio State secondary. I have concerns there. (laughs) Coming in third place, 17%, the passing game. Woof. Ahead of passing game at 23% was the Ohio State run game. But they remember the game from last year. I mean, there's flashbacks from last year. I can understand that. (laughs) It's been in their dreams. Yeah. Winning the vote, the Ohio State defensive line at 46%. That would have been my second pick, and I think that's a good pick. Okay. Here is today's question. You can vote... At 960SportsBeat on Twitter X. What is the biggest advantage Notre Dame has versus Ohio State? Biggest advantage Notre Dame. Passing game, running game, secondary, run defense. Would you like to share your vote? I didn't vote on that yet, but I mean, looking at my advantage game picks, I Mm -hmm. would say it is Notre Dame throwing the ball. Okay. We will find out tomorrow. We'll have the results for you. And then our Friday staple, we'll ask you to pick the perfect parlay for the Notre Dame-Ohio State game using the spread and the over-under. And our listeners are 0 for 4 picking the right parlay so far this year. And right now, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, Ohio State favored by 3 over under 56 and a half. And of course, Eric, without knowing that, picked 57 as his total point. In overtime. In overtime. All right. And of course, if we get into double overtime, that's when you have to go for two. That's true. The rules change. And then triple overtime, isn't it just the two point conversion? I think that that's what they do now because of all the multiple what, what overtime a Horrible games. way to end a top 10 matchup. It is. Well, I mean, we don't know that that's how it's going to end, but well, it's a terrible way to end any matchup. I mean, why would you not want... Well, I'd say wait till you get to the fifth overtime to do I something I mean, the like Illinois-Penn State nine overtime yeah. was just so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. Woof. Okay, so we'll have that question for you tomorrow. And Eric, as we wrap up shop for this hour of the program, InsideIndieSports.com is your website covering Notre Dame athletics. What's coming up? Well, Tyler James, the little predictor that he is, Uh has put in two future cast predictions for verbal commitments. Now, I think one is imminent and one is a little bit further down the road, but he put in a couple uh, for mm. players in the 2025 class, both skilled players, I guess I can share that. Um, Charleston Bowles has all kinds of recruiting stuff going on. As I mentioned, this is of Recruitapalooza proportions. Uh, I will have a notebook up probably in about an hour from all today's news. My story with Todd Blackledge, who I kept. Nice. Um, that'll be tomorrow morning and much, much more. Subscribe right now, if you don't, at InsideIndieSports.com. Eric, thank you so much. We will talk to you. Game day sports beat, 4 o'clock Eastern time, live from Notre Dame Stadium on Saturday. And if 
I'm wrong on my prediction, then you can give me an obscure nickname. Me or the listeners? <laughs> you probably want me. They'll get very you. creative. You. <laughs> you. It has to be obscure, though. Like the nickname we heard today. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, don't go there. <laughs> I'm going to censor myself. Okay. I was just having a little fun with you. I know we're leaving the listeners hanging, but there's just been a line of questioning this week that's just been... It's been... Anyway, 6.02, we'll have the Las Vegas side of this game. Well, it's also personal for Tim Murray of VEASAN.com. He is a big Notre Dame fan. He is flying in from Vegas to see the Irish in person. And how many consecutive games has Notre Dame won in a row while Tim is in person? Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. Aha! <laughs> see see good vibes we'll talk to tim about this matchup and the betting side of the game coming up next on sports radio 960 wsbt hey everyone saltgrass steakhouse is now open in mishawaka wrangle up the crew and head down to saltgrass mishawaka for an unforgettable experience sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled certified angus beef steaks sip on ice cold craft cocktails and don't forget to try the famous spicy range rattlers all made daily in the scratch kitchen start making delicious memories at saltgrass mishawaka 5126 north main street across from lazy boy furniture galleries dine with us today 